You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Today's episode of the After Chat is brought to you by Blue Chew. Bill, Blue Chew was all in this past weekend. They were, and the Blue Chew crew was all over the place. Did you notice the big blue balloons? I did notice those big so blue balloons. So it's true, it's damn true that the Blue Chew crew was there too. Okay, you, you worked that you out. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody knows that Blue Chew is the way to go. You can increase your performance and get that extra confidence that you need. BlueChew.com, it's blue, like the color blue. Right. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable. You know, that same... was also a country music song. Was it? Blue, blue Chew? No, Blue. Blue? Yeah, but they could have added chew to it. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Doesn't matter where you are. You could be on the subway in New York. Or you could have been at the all-in after party yeah. sponsored by Blue Chew. But people will just think that you're chewing gum. They will. But That's you it. spotted someone in the crowd. Yeah. Now, if you're saying to yourself, hmm, how can I get my hands on some Blue Chew? Well, we have some information for you. After chatters, listen up. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment absolutely free. Wait a minute. No money? Free? No money. Just $5 shipping. Only $5 shipping. That's it. And you can get your first shipment absolutely free. And that's not one chewable. That's not two chewables. That is an entire month full of Blue Chew. Time to get your Blue Chew going. Go to BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free with promo code BILL. That's right. Promo code BILL. B-I-L-L. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in discreet package. So, you don't have to have your neighbors looking around going, what is that package? Oh, that must be Blue Chew. I wonder what that is. But, your neighbors, chances are, they're using Blue Chew too because they know that Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So, no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, best of all, no more awkwardness. Uh, I know one or two pharmacists who have uh, uh, lovely looking girlfriends. Well then why don't you, next time you see those pharmacists, why don't you tell them about BlueChew.com. Tell them to use the promo code BILL and they can get their first shipment free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the After Chat. The After Chat is the place to go to hear all the inside scoops about your favorite wrestlers from your favorite wrestlers and also from your favorite magazine editor, photographer, major domo, the man whose name became synonymous with wrestling journalism for decades and decades. He's so old when he was in school they didn't have history, ladies and gentlemen. Bill After, wonderful Willie, and the After Chat. Welcome to the After Chat. My name is Josh Chernoff, and I am joined by the one, the only, the legendary Bill Apter. Thank you very much, so says Chernoff. How did you come up, by the way, with that handle, the Twitter handle? So says Chernoff? Well, it's interesting, and it involves you. That's why I asked you. <laughs> so you already know the answer. You just want me to put you no, over I to don't, the After No, I don't, I don't, actually. So, <laughs> uh, many, 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 many years ago, when I was starting my wrestling career... I was trying to come up with a catchphrase because this was in the in you know the late '90s, and you need everyone had a catchphrase, and they still should today. Yes. Um, so I'm trying to come up with one, and I just I couldn't come up with one. And you and I to to really date this, 
you and I were We weren't uh, dating. Let's no, go back. No. No. We okay. were uh we were uh I guess what what would you even call it? instant well, messaging yes, each other right. on AOL. Oh right. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Instant messaging each other <laughs> on AOL. And uh <laughs> and I said something, I don't remember what the conversation was, and you said, you wrote back, so says you. And I thought really? to myself, yeah, and I thought, huh. And of course, so says there's two S's already. Yeah. And uh, and I went by the name of superstar Rocky Styles. And so I uh, I thought to myself, um, so says the superstar. That's kind of cool. That's where this. And that's how I ended my promos. And uh, and so when I was trying to, uh, I had the Twitter handle uh, I am Josh Harris for a while. When I was using, as you guys can, you know, you know on there, my name's Josh Harris Chernoff. Um, when I was uh, doing some other, some acting and, and music and stuff, I was going by the name of Josh Harris. What I realized when we were starting this and we were starting to work together was there are a lot of Josh Harris's out there. And there yes, was a lot there of are. confusion in the marketplace, yeah. so to speak. Um, but there is only one Josh Chernoff, folks. So and that's... I decided to go with Josh Chernoff. Um, and uh, so I'm, ch- I'm like, okay, well, I need to change my Twitter handle. So I went through, oh, my God, just kept coming up with different ones, different ones. And then finally, I was, I just said, you know what? So says Chernoff. It plays it up works. to my previous works, uh, yeah. wrestling career, and it, it works with all that. So, so that's, that's, uh, that's the long-winded version of, of, of the story. I've got an announcement to make. Yes. When we were at All In and StarCast, yes. people kept coming over to me, and I go over this over and over again. Mr. Apter, I'm your biggest fan, and thank you, all you fans. But I read your magazines forever. You taught me how to write. You taught me how to take pictures. You practically mentored me. And I'm totally flattered Mm -hmm. by all of that. And PWI Bill is the best magazine. And that's great, too. And then when I say, do you still buy the magazine? Oh, we still buy your magazine. Well, did you know that it's a bi-monthly now? No, we didn't, Bill. I said, did you know I haven't worked for them for 23 years? Hama, 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 hama. People still think that I work for PWI. I talk to Stu Sachs, the main man there, mm-hmm. all the time. We're, we're very dear friends. Um, but people think that not only that, but they think that I owned the magazines. Do you know a way you could clear that up for them? How? If they were to read your book, Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken. But yeah, it is in there, Josh. And thank you very much for the plug. And You're you can welcome. get it on Amazon. There's only eight copies left you on Amazon. You can go Amazon, to theafterchat.com. Yeah, but you have to get it soon because somebody sent me a uh, a message on uh, Instagram the other day that it says, hurry and order. There's only eight copies left. So I have to call the publisher. But getting back to my point here is for all you people who think that I owned the magazine or the magazines... I, I didn't, and I, I was part of probably five or six great teams that put out the wrestling magazines, PWI, The Wrestler Inside Wrestling, Sports Review, which had apartment wrestling, of course, um, Ben Strong Wrestling, all these things. I never owned those magazines. I was part of these great crews that put the magazine together, but I was the guy out in the field. I was the guy shooting the pictures. You were the, you were the face of the magazine. Not the heel. The face, <laughs> yes. But, and at times, Stu Sachs, Craig Peters would go on trips with me, etc. But they put me on TV. The promoters like Jim Crockett, mm-hmm. Paul Bosch put me on TV, uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, 
and all over the place they put me on and I became uh, Jimmy Olsen, so to say, which gave credibility to these companies because they were, we have a reporter down here from New York. It was very impressive mm-hmm. to put me on there. But the thing is that Bill After lives in you know a mansion. He could retire. First of all, I never want to retire. I love what I do. And I love you fans for recognizing me for this. But I just want to set the record straight that Stu Sachs, Peter King, um, Brandy Menkevich, uh, Ken Morgan, Joe Bua, um, and so many other great people who put those magazines together, together, Gary Morgenstein, Morgie, um, and Steve Farhood, who's, you know, a showbox commentator from Showtime Boxing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I never owned it. And I didn't mind being one of the people on the team. So, so how did you get your mansion then? Um, I had a great deal. I had a credit card that, no, I don't want to discuss it. <laughs> well, I have no mansion. I live in a nice house. You live in, in a very nice in house. The, in the suburbs I, I'm, of I'm, Pennsylvania. I'm quite, uh, you know, having grown up in the neighborhood. Yeah, you did. Uh, having the exact same model house. You know, I'm people don't know really, and I, we never thought about, we don't rehearse this thing. T- tell them how we met. Uh, we didn't talk about this on an episode? I don't think so. All right, well, if we did, you guys can hit that little button that skips it, but... No, I was nine years old. And uh, almost 10. Oh, we did talk about this. I think we did. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah. So You knew I was moving to the neighborhood. From I, found out, I found out that you were moving into the neighborhood and uh, was super excited about that. My brother and I couldn't believe it. You and, know who uh, you found out from? No. I remember. Uh, I found out from my mom. No, but <laughs> she you, told me. She I think found she found out, out from, from uh, a, vet, a veterinarian yes. friend, Andrea Orsher. Yes, Andrea Orsher. Who my dog still visits. Yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah, so so that's who that's how we found out, and we were practically waiting for you with questions. Yeah, about which the rest is great. Thank you, and yeah. you and your brother Fred. And by the way, did you listen to our great All In Starcast Special Edition Bill After Chat Extra? Is this it now? Week? The, I'm sorry. Is it now the Bill it's After not. Chat? I'm doing it's that. It's not no, enough no, that it's no, no. the After Chat. It's not. I'll tell you why I said that. <laughs> I I was brought back because we were in Chicago. That's where uh-huh. the offices were. For Wow Magazine, and we put out a Bill After's Wow Extra. Yeah. So I was going to say the After Chat Extra, but I had um, Tic Tacs in my mouth as usual. Oh God! Yeah, they haven't they haven't out. contacted us, so we're going to stop yet. talking Tick about that. Right, but uh, no, no, the uh, After Chat Special. Okay. You can cut the that Josh Chernoff After Chat. <laughs> yes. It was, so says Chernoff. But did you listen to it? I, did, I you know what I listened After to it as it was it? being recorded. Me too. That was great. But I uh, hope no, all but, of you have. Yeah, and, we're, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but definitely in our archives at uh, theafterchat.com. Um, we are. That's right. We we now have archives at theafterchat.com where you can click on uh, all that. Of course, if you follow us on uh, any of our social media, Twitter at theafterchat. Facebook.com slash The After Chat. Uh, our YouTube channel, very important thing to talk about here, Bill. Our YouTube channel is not YouTube.com slash The After Chat, but it could be, and it will be soon. You have to have 100 subscribers to be able to have a URL. So we're getting there. Wait, I think can you spell URL? Uh, U-R-I-L. Oh, thank you. Um, so... <laughs> 
Uh, we have to have 100 to be able to get that URL, which would be so much easier to tell you guys. So go ahead and subscribe on uh, on YouTube. There's yeah, because tons a lot of people of... don't know we have the YouTube channel. They know that uh, I'm regularly on the One Wrestling Video channel, yes. and I will always be on there. And please keep subscribing and watching that as yeah, well. There, there's, uh, but we have some great content available on the YouTube channel. It's pretty a good. A ton of interviews yeah. uh, that I was lucky enough to be able to conduct at StarCast. Uh, we have from the press conference at All In. Uh, those are all up there on YouTube. You can go to theafterchat.com and click on the YouTube link. And yeah, by the way, right by there. the way, Scott Steiner gave you a piece of his mind talking about his uh, <clears throat> love of the WWE. Yeah, I couldn't believe had, what he said. Yeah, he had a lot, a lot to say. Couldn't believe uh, what he check said. Check it, definitely check it out over at our YouTube channel. Like I said, theafterchat.com. Click on the YouTube channel, or you can just go to YouTube and type in the afterchat. Wait a minute, you're find it anyway. I just got something here. What's that? Off the teletype on the pod waves here. We have been hired, hired as a broadcast team because they love this so much. Mm-hmm. September twenty first, Modern Vintage Wrestling would like us to team up, to team up, and do a broadcast of their show in Flemington, New Jersey. I'll be there. And it's not the Flemington Fur Factory. It's not going to be there. Okay. But if these people go to Modern Vintage Wrestling's Facebook page, mm-hmm. they can find out where we're going to be. And this is going to be our first ever after chat broadcast team. Yes, I'm off looking site. For, I'm yeah. looking forward to yeah. that. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a lot of so fun. So Uncle Charlie, the promoter there, we can't wait to uh, we can't wait to do this. So what else is happening here that we have so much after? By the way, Josh is also the producer of the show. So let's look down at the lineup here and what's next. Well, it looks like uh, it's time to uh, throw a headlock on headlines. All right. What kind of headlines uh, could we be talking about if we did not talk about StarCast and All In? But guess what? We're not going to talk about StarCast and oh, All In. Oh, come on. Just a little bit. No, because as we mentioned earlier on, if you want to hear all about what we have to say about StarCast and All In, you can go into our archives if you're... Uh, backstage news from yes. the two of us who were there. We were so lucky to be able to be backstage at such an amazing event, uh, a monumental moment in professional wrestling. Uh, it was awesome. It was a great time. And uh, I, I will say one thing that was not in that episode. Go right ahead. Um, so I'm upstairs uh, in the arena there in my uh, my box suite. I did mention that yes. in the other you one. You paid um, for it, Josh. Come on. I paid for it. Are you okay. kidding me? Come on. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I'm up there with the after chatters uh, that won our giveaway. And I bump into... Uh, a young man oh. by the name of Rich Swan. Yeah, I was going. I was hoping you were going to tell this on Wednesday's broadcast. Yeah, but no. Well, I'm telling it on Friday's yeah. broadcast. Um, so I bump into Rich Swan uh, coming out of the bathroom, and uh, I had not seen Rich in this month was ten years. Wait, was this at uh, All In or was this in Flushing? This was. Uh, it was right oh, after Flushing. Flushing. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Right after, right after uh, I was in Flushing. I couldn't resist that. I'm sorry. So uh, this was at All In. And uh, no, I got to see Rich Swan. Um, so a fun fact for everyone out there who doesn't follow me on Twitter, at so says Chernoff, uh, I tweeted out a nice picture of 10 years earlier, uh, Rich stuff. Swan and myself in the ring. It was my last match as a professional wrestler, and it was his second match. And when he said to me he's like I 
you're like, you look like Styles. And I'm like, first of all, I'm like, man, how do you know 10 years later, like, do I really look the same? I don't know. I, Your I, name I, was Rocky Styles. It was Rocky Styles. And I said, I'm like, how do you remember? I'm like, dude, I just saw you on TV the last few years. You know, I'm, I'm seeing his face all the time. He said, you were my second match. I, I, that was a really important moment. And that felt really good uh, to hear that. And uh, Rich was a uh, super professional, great guy when I met him it was a second match he was just you know mouth shut eyes and ears open and uh I am not going to suggest in any way shape or form that I passed any sort of torch to Rich Swan. um <laughs> he he did more uh athletically in in that match than I in that one match in his second match than I did in my entire career but uh it was a great match one of my favorite matches I ever had actually um and to find out years later when he signed with the WWE because um, I'd lost touch with him. I didn't really know the things yeah, that he had Yeah, but it's doing. good you reconnected with him. It was great. In the and, bathroom. Uh, it, outside of the bathroom. Outside of the bathroom. Thank you very much. Uh, but, you know, so Rich and I talked, and uh, we exchanged numbers, and uh, he will be a guest on the After Chat sometime in the future. Well, that sounds great. So yeah. one of the, uh, the main thing I want to talk about mm-hmm. right now is the difference in the veterans versus today's guys. Yes. Did you see Monday Night Raw this I week? I did indeed. When The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels came out separately, of course, I have not heard a crowd pop like that since almost the Attitude Era. They brought it back again, and it showed a magic that is just, I don't know, sometimes it's just not there depending upon who it is like a chris jericho brings back that magic the undertaker and Shawn michaels were so the undertaker not only was physically rested mm -hmm. but verbally rested because he was he was so focused and Shawn michaels look of i've lost it again you know Mm -hmm. uh that whole look of uh he didn't believe what was going on the whole look of sadness elicited such great reactions from the crowd. So something really neat, um, huge Shawn Michaels fan. I've, I've always, and of course, Undertaker. You are, of everyone, course. But, yeah, I, yeah. but I'm, I'm a, a huge Shawn Michaels fan. Um, my life was was really difficult in 1997 because I'm a huge Bret Hart fan as well. So that was, that. A, that was a really difficult time for me. And, and we'll definitely do an episode on on that. Uh, it's called Therapy with, so it says, sure enough. But, um, but no, uh, uh Shawn Michaels has had a tendency over the years since his retirement to come back as almost a caricature of himself, to just be happy-go-lucky, you know, HB shizzle, which I hate. (laughs) I just, I absolutely hate that. It's so stupid. But I love the guy, but it's so stupid. Um, But uh, he... Part of what made Sean that intensity, that emotion that I always loved in watching him in the ring or in his promos had not been there in years. And, and understandably, I mean, he was retired, you know? But but Monday night, we got to see that. It was back. It was back. We got to see, and I'm, I, my opinion, he's never wrestling again. I don't think he's ever coming back. But, man, for a second there. You know what? For a I second think there, you're like, I'm oh. going to tell you something. This is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old his uh, kid or kids are at this point. But I think, I think they're in their teens. Yeah, but I think as big as the businesses right now, just like Shane McMahon's kids, mm-hmm. that 
Let's do it one more time and get that, get to see our father out there. He's a very close family person. Um, with them yelling one more time, one, one more match, you have to believe <laughs> that they knew, WWE knew before when he was going to do this last night, those chants were going to happen and the probability of him against someone, maybe, maybe he'll referee the match between The Undertaker. I thought about that. He said he'd be there. Yeah. But, but, but maybe this will accelerate and, or maybe next week on Raw. Triple H will be there next week on Raw. So maybe something's going to go on with Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker that will take us to Australia. So, um... So my my feeling on uh, Shawn Michaels having another match is I don't I don't see him I don't see him having another match but I do see one scenario where I think he would come back. He's spoken about like you know against AJ Styles going like that's all well and good but what would it do for anyone like it doesn't re- you know um, and and something like that I almost look at and say. Uh, let it be a dream match. It's never going to live up to what people have in their mind um, because it's not realistic. What people have in their mind of the great, it'll be the greatest thing ever, Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles, you don't know if they're even going to have any in-ring chemistry. Sometimes they just, they can be two amazing wrestlers who just won't have that chemistry. I think Shawn Michaels, the, the man, not the character, I think the thing that could bring him back, in my opinion, don't know this, don't know him, you know, but I would just, from listening to him, if The Undertaker came to him and said, I want you to be my last match, my final match, I want you to come out of retirement for one last match, but where, I retire where does that you, leave the you whole, retire where, me. Yeah, but where does that leave the whole well, Triple H scenario well, I'm getting here. To that. No, I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about in the future. No, this is this has got to happen no, 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 now, no, no, whatever's no. going on well, here. Well, no, what I'm saying... Well, no, I mean, look, it doesn't have to happen now. Think of it this way. He's been retired for, what, almost eight years? Yeah, but it's, right now... And, it's, and, and look how fresh it, it was eight years ago. I know, but, it, but it's on topic right now. It looks like they're going to do something with this in the very near future. I think they're just kind of hyping it up. I think we'll be involved in some form or fashion, but... Look, it could be in the near future. It could be it could be them in October. It could be uh, uh, Triple H and Undertaker in October in Australia, and then it could be Sean and Undertaker at WrestleMania. Avenging but, Triple H, right? But no, this is why be. I don't think it will happen. Survivor Series, maybe. No, no, that's a no. If Mister no, WrestleMania no. is coming out of retirement, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be a Survivor Series. I don't think. But I don't think it's and and, and I preface this by saying I don't think it's going to happen. I think. The only person that could get him to come out of retirement would be The Undertaker in real life coming to him and saying, this would mean so much to me. I'd like you to do this. I think that would be enough for him to do it. However, I don't... Where do you go with that? What's no, no the there's going to be what something. Happens? There's going to be something in next week. Triple H is on next week. Maybe The Undertaker comes out again. And somehow something's going to happen between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels to get... Michaels and The Undertaker in the ring together. Yeah, but I don't see it being a match. I don't know. It's going to be something. But circling back around, though, to what you were talking about with the differences between the veterans and the newer people. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of something from last night that would be a perfect example. Uh, Baron Corbin and Finn Balor backstage interaction with each other. Yeah. Um, so I've been accused of throwing softballs on this show. 
and people have, have said to me. At me. Uh, yeah. Okay, um, that's fine. They don't, they don't say, I throw everything at you. I'll, you do. Here, here's my water bottle. Um, but uh, There you go. I love uh, slap stick. It's good. But uh, I, here, I'm going to slap you with a stick. Right. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, Finn Balor and uh, Baron Corbin. And I've been saying this for weeks to people that are not uh, putting a microphone in my face. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I'll be honest, I, I'm not a fan of that interaction at all. I think it, it ran its course before it even started. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, there's no chemistry between them. I think Finn Balor is an amazing talent that they just need to just, you know, take the cartridge out, blow on it, and put it back in because mm-hmm. it's not it's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and Baron Corbin, I'm not a uh, I'm not a fan of. To be honest, and I'm not talking about the guy personally. I'm not even talking about his in-ring work. Well, I'm just. What's, what's your question here? It's not a question. I'm making a. Oh, I'm, I thought you yeah, said I'm, you're throwing softballs at me. No, I, I'm, I know I've been throwing. No, people said I'm throwing softballs, so I'm going to throw a hardball. And what I'm going to say is, I think it was garbage. I think that their their backstage interaction was awful. It was some of the worst acting. I've seen on the show in a very long this time. Opinions Baron Corbin, of, of Sosa Chernoff yes. do not necessarily reflect no, the opinions and, of the after chat. And listen, and and I am not going to. I, this has nothing to do with these guys personally. This has nothing to do with their ability. No, but they're working with what they're given here. Yes, but what I am going to say is, look, Baron Corbin is not a very good talker. He's not a very good actor. He's a constable. <laughs> uh. So here's my feeling. I'm not I'm not coming down on Baron Corbin. I know it sounds like I am, but what I'm saying is anyone, the worst actor, worst talker in the world, if you work for the WWE and they come to you and say, hey, here's your script, here's what you're going to do, you're not going to go, oh, I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm not very good at talking on the microphone. No, you're going to do it. You're going to do what you're of told course, to do. Of course. I don't blame him one. I don't blame him or Finn Balor for being in this program at all. What I'm saying is, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. But what does this have to do with uh, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker? Everything. Because bringing Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker back for that promo, I know you're trying to sell the network subscriptions for this match in Australia. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think it also had a negative because you are now on, on the same program okay. holding up, I, and I'm giving that example, an interaction between Finn Balor and Baron Corbin held up against an interaction between The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Well, nothing on that Monday night show could have matched the intensity of that. Even, That's true. Even the whole Shield thing and Strowman and Ziggler and That's uh, true. McIntyre. The tough thing is when you have a couple of guys in their 50s, one has been retired for almost a decade, the other one has been retired as an active competitor uh, more than once in a, in mm-hmm. a blue moon yeah. for a number of years. Um, and they come out here and they just... It was like they saying, hey, guys, the cra- they blew yeah, the crowd yeah. away. Hey, guys, this is how you really do it. Yeah. And again, like, look, I, you know, I'm, I'm willing. This is my opinion. And, and some people are going to agree with me. Some people are not going to agree with me. I don't mean any offense to the guys, to Baron Corbin or, or uh, Finn, you know, Balor. Finn Balor. I, I but it wasn't entertaining. It wasn't good. Uh, whoever wrote it. It was, Would it have been, have been more there. entertaining and better if The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels had not done what they did? No, no, okay. It wouldn't have, no, 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 no. It wouldn't have been, but it would not have been as exposed for how bad okay. it was comparatively. And that's why, and that's why I'm bringing it up. Okay, I think that that's All a right. very, it's very, very I, I'm good. I'm curious point. your opinion. I know that you know 
you you are uh, known in the wrestling business as the nicest guy in yeah, the world. Yeah. And uh, and that's not a it's not a gimmick. It's a shoot. It's um, but uh, but but your opinion on it has got to be. Uh, you don't have to be as harsh as I'm being on them. But no. What but is my your here's my that? opinion. My opinion is no one could do what these two veterans did. They came from an era that people still yearn for. Right. Actually. People still want that whole attitude era back, but they can't do it. And it's not just the performers, the mm-hmm. workers, the wrestlers. It's we can't do this because we're a public company. We can't say this yeah. because you know what I'm saying? But that's you know, and that's what a lot of people will say about That's it. why you can't do the attitude era anymore. Yeah, and that's fine, but honestly the attitude era was not as it was not as good as people will remember as 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 far as what their uh, their TV fourteen stuff was. You know, I wasn't a huge fan of certainly the way that the women were treated. I don't think anyone would stand for that type Wait, of content, but, but you even me, if they were TV. But 14. you asked my my question. You asked the question about what I thought about this whole situation, mm-hmm. and it's because of the professionalism and the reputation of those two right. people in the ring, nothing could have been better on that show than that. Okay, but, and and, I'm, and I want to go into Should this something wanna... have been? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's it, but I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's a fair response to how, how bad the shows have been, in my opinion. I don't think it's fair because... It's what kind of a company is it if you just look at it and you go, oh well, those guys were really good. We can't expect our guys to be this good. Yeah, you can. I don't think they're looking at it that way. I think that the why whole... is Baron Corbin in in that position? Why? Because you have a roster full of people that could do that 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 could do a better backstage promo than him. So why aren't they? Well, there in are that a lot position? of people, including my son, who think Baron Corbin, Constable Corbin, is great. Brandon so, thinks yes, that. Yes, yeah. So you oh, can take that up with him, but no, no. What I'm saying I'm, is, I am. I'm gonna. That's fine. Him. But you can you can take a handful of people, and there are people that will agree with you. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people who will disagree with you as well. Yeah, and and, and it's, it's and whatever it takes. That's fine. And, but and my bottom line you know, on this, I don't want to keep dragging this out. Is my bottom line is that here you have uh, two super power performers who have incredible legacies and they know how to do this thing in the highest in the highest way possible i think a lot of times the fans today don't get to see the aura that people like this right. created because there aren't people around right now that have created this kind of aura so i gave a hard time to baron corbin here mm-hmm. yeah but that does raise the question you put Baron Corbin in the Attitude Era. And I'm not talking about Attitude Era because it was TV-14, because nothing Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker did last night was TV-14. No, definitely not. And that's... It's and, just and, believable. And that, right. And the and, characters... You see The Undertaker come right. out. The entrance alone... And that was Wait, the, wait, wait. The entrance alone already has you in that zone. Yes, and that was the point that I was trying to make about when I was saying the Attitude Era, you know, and, and the the violence of it or the whatever the mm-hmm. you know the sex and all that stuff that that it was that it was all about 
Kiss my ass. Yeah, but what I, my my point is that that may have grabbed the attention of you know the the college kids having their you know drinking beer and mm-hmm. watching Stone mm-hmm. Cold. I get that, um, but these guys were able to do something. They they the roster because they're, the un, they're unforgettable characters. Yes. So my question is, Baron Corbin, Finn Balor, Finn Balor. Unquestionably, a huge, a, a, a fantastic in-ring competitor. Yeah, um, and Baron Corbin, honestly, I he was over in NXT. Uh-huh. It, he, it was done right. So that begs the question of, like I said before, it's not Baron Corbin's fault. Um, do you think those guys would have thrived? Who on this roster do you think would have thrived in the Attitude Era? Oh my goodness! Well, the the Shield. Okay, Strowman. Mm-hmm. Probably McIntyre, probably Dolph Ziggler. I mean, do you just think some Baron Corbin and Finn Balor would have the dragon? Uh, Finn Balor would have the demon. The, the demon, yeah. I said the dragon. That's Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, yeah. The demon Balor would have mm-hmm. Corbin, depending upon what they created for him. Right, and that's I, <coughs> and I think that that's that's kind of it. All depends what they make. create back in that those days. They were they were unforgettable characters. Today, it's not the unforgettable characters. And why why isn't it in your opinion? It's, it it's, it captures the attention and the imagination of the kids waiting at the bus stop. I always say this, but it's still not going to have that long lasting imagery in your mind of someone like an Undertaker or right. Shawn Michaels. But, but why do you think? Do you think it's because these guys are working from scripts and aren't able to um, come into their own that maybe if they maybe if they had a little more leeway that they could kind of find themselves? I as think a they're still trying to find. There's so much in a three-hour show that's going on, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of the talent that's there, but it's almost like they're generic. They're not catching right. on with people. I think that's what it might be. Okay. All right. Drove me nuts today. What's that? I called a company, and I was put on hold, kept on hold, and I practically not was just getting angry, but I almost fell asleep that I was on hold so long. Hmm. I was hoping, something like I heard about this company called Smart Hold. Ah, Smart Hold. Smart Hold, you know what it is? What is it? It's a message on hold service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they get put on hold, there's no dead silence. You're not going to sit there and like, and doze off. And you know what? What? This is so cheap, anybody can afford it. How much is it? So, $150, something like that, a month? Message on hold service right. for only 35 bucks a month. There's no way. That No, no. 35 bucks per month. You know what? And there's There's got to be contracts. No, I no, they're, no. They're uh, I'm sorry. No. That's the incorrect answer. There are no contracts. So let me, let me, let me give you the... Let me give you a skinny on this, all right? Mm-hmm. If you run a business and you place callers on hold, uh, one of your most effective and least expensive marketing tools would be message on hold from Smart Hold. So with Smart Hold, they make the caller's hold time fun, enjoyable, and informative while making the caller's hold time feel much shorter. It also makes your company sound more professional. So if you go to www.smart-hold.com, 
Josh.com. That's that little dash, Josh. You yeah. know where that is, right? Yeah. Don't not spell a, out dash. And order today. That's www.smart-hold.com. Or just go to Google and put in Smart Hold, and you'll find it there. So be smart and get smart. Hold. So our guest today. I he, do an imitation of him. Of course you do. Do you know what he said about my book? What? Bill Apter's book is horrible because he doesn't bury anybody. He did say that. You know what? You're not the only one who does an imitation of him. Bruce Pritchard from Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Yes. Is uh, very well known for his imitation. But as we learned in this interview, Jim Cornette says that he's actually doing an imitation of J.R. doing an imitation of Jim Cornette. And we got Jim Cornette to do Bruce Pritchard doing J.R. doing Jim Cornette. And uh, that, we did. Fun, we that, did. that was... Uh, that was something to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> something with, to with listen Jim to. With Jim Cornette. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah. But, I, but we talked so much about Cornette's career, mm-hmm. um, about uh, some of the people that he managed, and why managers are not even around anymore. Yeah, it was a, a great interview with Jim Cornette. So without any further ado, Jim Cornette. All right, here to chat with us, one of the greatest managers of all time, James E. Cornette. Mr. Cornette, welcome to the After Chat. Well, that, that was a flowery introduction, not quite as opulent as I was hoping for, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll take that. But, Josh and, and wonderful Willie, it's wonderful to be here. Well, thank you. And I noticed he called you Mr. Cornette, but I get, hey, Bill. Well, Yeah, well, you know, Bill, you have to earn things like respect. Exactly. Oh, 51 years, I don't have it yet, huh? Well, you're working on it any time now. Any time it'll come through. Well, somebody's got to let me know. But I wanted, you know, you called him Mr. Cornette. And you, yes. You call me Bill. But do you know, I, I think I was Mr. After to Jim Cornette way, way, way back when he had a, a camera and he was running around the ring shooting pictures, right? Well, that's that's true because I, I was always taught to be respectful of my elders. And, and, you know, you being 30, 40 years older than me at the time, the least that I could do was, was show you some respect. That's it. That's it. But I, I remember um, back in the days in uh, Memphis and Louisville, of course, that you used to shoot pictures and you shot them for the programs down there and you sent pictures uh, our way back at the magazines. And the amazing, the one set of pictures that everybody always sees, but so few people know that you were the photographer was the Jerry the King Lawler versus Andy Kaufman, the original match. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they just did a, a retrospective uh, on the anniversary of that. I think last year with the, the Memphis newspaper, they, they dug out the old newspaper files, and, and I saw for the first time a picture of me standing behind the stretcher that was carrying Andy Kaufman out, and I'm trying not to trip over some old woman holding my <laughs> camera as I'm, I'm jockeying for a better position to take the picture from the other side. So oh, wow. I actually have a picture of me and Andy Kaufman. He didn't look too good at the time. No, he didn't. But I, I look I look good enough for both of us. That what well, you always did. You always did. And the amazing thing was for the magazines. I remember uh, after introducing Andy to Jerry, and then uh, that put the key in the ignition. And you guys, you know, down there in uh, Tennessee, took that over. And it beca- it was really the first what turned into sports entertainment. But the magazines. What baffled me was my boss, Stanley Weston the publisher of the magazines, after all that went on, including the David Letterman show, 
He wouldn't put it on the cover. He says he was like Vincenia. This is entertainment. <laughs> it's not wrestling. So Lawler, actually, the day after the David Letterman show, you might not even know this, Jerry Lawler was to come up to our magazine offices to do photos and be interviewed about the whole Andy Kaufman thing that was just going to be in a column. And the publisher, rather than picking him up in a limo or a car, he had to take the Long Island Railroad. And it was late. <laughs> it was late. Wow. Well, you never did have that big of a budget to work with, Bill. You you did it for the love of the game, and you had you had all of us soldiers following you into battle. Well, but well, I tell you, here's here's the funny part, maybe the ironic part. Uh, Vince Senior thought that it would be too showbiz and too entertainment and make the business look phony to have Andy Kaufman involved. And Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler's match is the one thing that most people believed about wrestling for the last 35 years. That's right. That's a really good point. And a lot of people have told me that uh, Vince Jr. Um, has said for years that that's the one storyline that he wishes he would have had. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and as a matter of fact, when you think about this, he he got the chance to to have the first major celebrity crossover of the modern era. You know, I mean, the celebs were playing with Gorgeous George years ago, but the modern era, he got beat before Cindy Lauper, before Rock and Wrestling, before Liberace, WrestleMania, the whole nine yards. There was Andy Kaufman because of Willie Apta. Yeah. Well, I appreciate wow. that. I was, we got him. Maybe I should start calling you Mr. Apter. Oh, here we go. And finally, nah, after nah, 50 nah. years. Let's not get, let's not get carried so, away. See, you so, had to get me on a show, Bill. Of course. Just to get some respect around here. Yeah, no uh, respect at all. Which Jerry Lawler's favorite comedian in the whole world. Hey, no respect at all. Oh, I still have the picture that you, you may have taken it. I did. Of, of him at Dangerfield. I did. I did take that photo that night. We took... Uh, we took Jerry. I we were. This was uh, that same weekend of the David Letterman show, and I took him to Dangerfields. And we didn't ever expect Rodney Dangerfield to be there. And he was standing at the bar. And Jerry said, "Hey, Bill, we take a picture of us together." And uh, Rodney Dangerfield says, "Hey, you, you and Andy Kelvin were great last night." And I'm looking, and my camera was back in the hotel. I had to run oh. 20 blocks in <laughs> Midtown Manhattan, go up to the Helmsley Palace Hotel. To my room there and get the camera and come back and Rodney Dangerfield waited for us. Oh, good God! Could yeah. you imagine that nowadays with cell phones? Well, no, because somebody... he's dead. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, he's not going anywhere though, I guess. So <laughs> it'd probably be easier now than it would have been then. He did. What was your? Um, uh, did you have any interaction with? Well, before I ask you about interaction with with uh, Andy Kaufman, and I didn't know this was the way that the interview was going to go, but every people love to hear about the whole Andy Kaufman thing, but the New York State Athletic Commission also didn't want to give him a license to wrestle because he was, he, he was uh, to them, he was a comedian. He hated that word, but they weren't going to let a celebrity wrestle in that ring. <laughs> well, luckily, the, uh, the, the state of Tennessee had no such qualms. <laughs> Uh, as a matter of fact, I think Andy was probably still bigger than about three or four of the guys on on the TV show that that Saturday morning that were doing jobs. So, yeah, that's unbelievable. Now, what about your your interaction with Andy Kaufman as as the photographer there? Did you have any backstage um, meeting, not meetings, but uh, uh, taking post pictures of him? Well, Did you take yeah, some of those it, pictures? Yeah, I uh, actually before that. I have a picture that I've not released to the public because before that Lawler knew that he was actually going to 
wrestle Andy at some point. The first time that Andy came down for uh, just to wrestle, you know, a, a women from the crowd, of course, Lawler had to get some pictures of him backstage shaking Andy's hand and everything, <laughs> you know, just because a superstar, you know, a big TV star is there. And then later on, when when they got involved in the thing, I just put those back in the uh, in the, in the vault and and didn't let them out in public because I was afraid it'd blow the deal. But uh, several times I got to take some posed pictures of Andy, and I mean, you know, he was nice, and uh, it, it wasn't he wasn't really talkative or taking the whole place over like a star would have because he was so happy to be there and kind of uh, um, what's the word I'm searching for? You know, not not necessarily nervous, but just kind of awed by the whole thing. So he was polite. You know, he was nice and spoke when spoken to. Yeah, he was very polite. I found him very quiet and very respectful and and very polite. So 2018. Let's say this none of that had happened, and Vince Jr. now has uh, Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler, uh, and he's ready to do this. How believable would that story be today? Um, well, Lawler still looks the same, but I don't know what Andy would look like. <laughs> uh, no, I'm saying let, let's say it, it, let's say oh, they're in their them, primes. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. now you know he's 70 years old. Yeah. You know, Bill. Um, yeah. It, truthfully, as long as it was Andy and Lawler and, and they just let them do what they were going to do, it would always work because that was the reason to me. And I, I did a long column on this for uh, Fighting Spirit magazine over in the U.K. Yeah. here a while back. Yes. Uh, it was the two perfect guys to do what they did because it was a very – even for wrestling, it was a preposterous situation. But because both of them were so dedicated to making people believe it and because both of them were so good – at, at making people believe what they said and did, that it was just it was a perfect combination. Nobody else in wrestling could have got that out of Andy, and there exactly. was probably not another celebrity in Hollywood that could have made that transition to being a great wrestling performer right off the top of his head because Andy loved it and he'd studied it. Andy wanted to be, on the talks I had with him, he, wa- he wanted so much to be Buddy Rogers or Fred Blassie. Yeah, and and he had the knack, even though that you knew that he was this lovable TV comedian, when he would do his thing and cut the promos and do the wrestling appearances, he was he wasn't like a celebrity playing wrestler. It got to the point where you believed that he was he was into this. He he was he he carried it so far that you you believed that he really had lost his mind and he yeah. thought he was, you know, the intergender champion. And it was just, it was perfect. And Lawler th- was able to take advantage of it. You know, one, it, it, go ahead. Well, I just, because he had such, he had such command of the people and his promos were believable. And he, it wasn't, it wasn't a situation where they, the people came to see the match, like what's going to happen. It was like they came specifically because they knew Lawler was going to break Andy in half. I'm going to tell you something I haven't told uh, more than two or three people have never told us on the air before, but I was a big oh, fan the of the show. Oh, the results came back. How did you know? It's a boy. <laughs> um, I had always wanted to meet some of the cast. I, I was a stage door Johnny growing up. I wanted to meet celebrities all the time. And I remember probably two years after the whole uh, Lawler, Andy Kaufman thing, I was in Manhattan, and there was a show called uh, I'm Not Rappaport. And one of the performers in that show was Judd Hirsch. And I said, you know what? I've got to meet Judge Her- Judd Hirsch because of my connection with, that I had with Andy. 
And I yeah. waited I waited there by the stage door, and there were a few fans there, and I got to him and I said, Judd, my name is Bill After. I'm the guy that introduced Andy Kaufman to Jerry Lawler. And he stopped and he looked at me, and he looked at the fans. He said, can I talk to you for a minute over here alone? I said, sure. And he said, I don't have anything against you personally, but that was the worst thing that ever happened to our show because he didn't want to rehearse. He didn't want to do anything. Wow. All he wanted to do was be a wrestler, talk about wrestling, and I, I'm i not, again, saying anything bad about you, sir, but uh, I wish you wouldn't have done that. <laughs> True story. So so Bill Apter is not on Judd Hirsch's Christmas card not list. On I'm going to cross him off our, our uh, list yeah. of guests for the after chat. <laughs> uh, you know what? Shifting gears to something going on in, in 2018, a lot of people nowadays are familiar with you through Bruce Pritchard's impersonation of you. <laughs> and uh, it's obviously become a pretty big part of of their show. Well, um, let's face it. I mean, come on. I'm the, I am the most entertaining person that Bruce knows, and he's got to have some to, to hook the fans. <laughs> the you know, truth. So. So, so what are your thoughts on it? Uh, has he done – I'm sure he's done this – oh, I know he's done this impersonation because he said – uh, something about it that I'm going to ask you about in a second. But what what are your thoughts on this? Well, but see, everybody, th he's not impersonating me. He's impersonating Jim Ross, impersonating me. Really? And and that therein lies the, the, the whole key to the thing, because JR's been doing that for, for 25 years. <laughs> but Bruce's impersonation is, because he kind of sounds like Mickey Mouse on Helium. <laughs> but uh, but he's, he's doing JR doing me. So it, it's it's a it's an impersonation of an impersonation. So I heard, I think it may have been on their podcast, Bruce Pritchard saying, "What you really need to hear is Jim Cornette impersonating Bruce Pritchard impersonating Jim Cornette." Is that something that we might be able to get out of you? Oh goddamn! Yeah, dear, I did, I did triple cheese. That's what I don't know. I don't know where's gone. See, somebody told you about Mickey Mouse on helium just now. Yeah. Yeah. See, that that's the thing. It that's me doing Bruce doing Jr. doing me. And it and and every time you remove it one more one more person, it it, it gets higher. It just gets higher and higher. So wait a minute. That that leads me up to as you know, when you and I get together, we're always yeah. You always say to me, Willie Apner, and I said Jimmy Cornette, if you will. We start going right into the American dream. Do you do any other wrestling imitations that I don't know about? Well, you know, a long time ago, Bill Apter, I used to do a real good Terry Funk. But sometime between then and now, I don't know, I think it was that time that my brother Dory took that dog out behind the barn, and I never saw that dog again. And as a result, it just made me so upset, Bill Apter. I went ahead and I just I just tried to take that Terry Funk impersonation out of my repertoire. That was awesome. really not that too really good. No. <laughs> I, I used to do a Terry Funk, but I, you, one of my favorite ones, we'll do a couple of these back and forth, is uh, you, Jim, you be the announcer. Uh, I'm Bruno Sammartino. You be the announcer and ask me if I hate uh, and just throw a wrestler's name in there, whoever it is. Well, we're back on All-Star Wrestling with uh, Bruno Sammartino. And, and Bruno, I've got to ask you your personal feelings if you will, sir, on uh, Crusher Verdue. No, you have to ask me if I hate him. Oh, do you? Do you well, uh, oh, do you hate 
Crusher Verdue. You know something? This Crusher Verdue guy, Doug on it, you know, he's a big guy. He comes from Spain. He's got this manager, Tony Angelo. But do I hate Crusher Verdue? You know, hate is a very strong word. I hold a lot of animosity toward him. That was Bruno's line. <laughs> he never hated well, anybody. He always held and the, animosity. And the animosity would increase over the, the three shots in the garden until finally they were in the cage. Absolutely. <laughs> so you, you did uh, Terry Funk. Sometimes I can do the Dory voice, not not often, because Dory is like a quiet. I feel like that's a rare see, one. Yeah, Dory would be, well, you know, Terry and I, we're going to Japan next week, and uh, it's going to be a good show. You know, it's more like uh, more like Dory. But no, your Terry Funk was good. Well, th- thank you, thank who, you very much. Thank else, you very much. Who else do you do? Your Elvis was good as well. Yeah. Well, and 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 also my my old friend, you remember Troy Graham, the Dream Machine? Oh, of course. The man that walked that barbed wire fence 32,000 miles barefooted, he steel wool like cake, sopped lightning with bread, picked up blue guinea rock, caught 9,000 buckshot from Maine to Spain on a choo-choo train. I was born in the heat of the desert. My mama died giving me life, the pride and the love of a father blamed for the loss of his wife, Bill After You know what I'm saying. Wow. He that's, took all of his stuff from Bo Diddley and Tom Boogaloo Shaft. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I wanted to start talking about managers right now. But before we do that, i got to give you my two best manager imitations. Okay? Okay. All right. So the first one is, uh, um, again, you be the broadcaster and ask the Grand Wizard of Wrestling uh, what Stan Stasiak is going to do to his opponent. And we're back here on All-Star Wrestling. Grand Wizard of Wrestling, I have to ask you this. What in the world is Stan the Man Stasiak, the master of the hard punch, going to do to his next opponent? Mr. McMahon, let me tell you something. We have spent thousands upon thousands of dollars taking x-rays of that little ugly heart of Pedro Morales. Stan the Man Stasiak will hit him with the heart punch, and it's been your pleasure to hear my round, dulcet, pear-shaped tones. The Grand Wizard of Wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. This is AKA Abdullah Farouk, AKA Ernie Roth, AKA uh, Mr. Clean, AKA <laughs> Jay Wellington Radcliffe. Yeah. He would have loved to have been in this day and age of sports entertainment. Boy, that would have been his uh, his glory days. Or just the podcast alone for those guys. Can you imagine mm-hmm. Captain Lou? And the Grand Wizard uh, on a reality TV show. I do, I do, I do a Lou Albano. Do you have one? Say again? I do a Lou Albano. Do you have one? I, I would rather hear yours. <laughs> all right, all right, hold on. Uh, well, you know, it's the captain speaking, brother. I've got it all, ability, agility, guts maneuverability, backward movement, forward movement. That's my <laughs> Captain Lou. My favorite Lou Albano line was every time I would see him, at a dinner, at a function, at a show over the WWF, at, at the Cauliflower, well, wherever it may be, if I was wearing a suit, he'd say, Ah, Cornette, I hope that shirt's waterproof because that tie's a real pisser. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that. So there were so many great manager, managers through history. I actually, I think I can do, if I remember correctly, my old Gary Hart imitation. Gary Hart was, uh, my man, all you do, you go in the ring, do your thing. We go out, have dinner. We go get some girls. We get drunk. We come back and do it again tomorrow. <laughs> right? My favorite Gary Hart line 
with what he told us when we had to work with. Remember Silo Sam, Little John Harris? Of course. When we had to work with him in the, in Texas Stadium at the big match, it was midnight in the Fantastics, and he was in their corner. Parade of Champions. Yeah. Yes, at, at Texas Stadium, and, and Gary said, just remember, repetition is the key when dealing with goofs. <laughs> and we told him over and over and over again, little John, here's what you're going to do, here's what you're going to do, here's what you're going to do. It still didn't work. He didn't do it right, screwed the whole thing up. But Gary always taught me that repetition is the key when dealing with goofs. So obviously you came around in a time where managers were a really big part of the of the product. Uh, today, obviously, they're not. Um, do you think that there's something lacking? Do you think that managers could fit into because obviously the business is so different than it was in a lot of respects. Do you think managers are something that really needs to come back? And, and do you think if they did come back that they would be used uh, would it work? Beneficial way? Would it work today? Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing: they definitely would be more entertaining than some of the people giving promos these days. <laughs> um, and whether they need to come back and would be used right, it depends on Vince. If Vince decides he's going to use managers, then everybody else copies what Vince does, so they're going to use managers too. But then the problem becomes: where are they? Because obviously Heyman is a classic example. It can still work in today's environment mm -hmm. because all you need is a guy that represents the wrestler who can't talk or can't talk that well, and, and it's his manager. I mean, it's not that hard to understand. This isn't reinventing the wheel. But uh, just like tag teams and main events until the WWF starts, the industry leader does it, you know, uh, nobody's going to follow suit, and then where would they be? Because I'm certainly not coming out of retirement. I can't believe Heyman still has the energy and 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 uh, inclination to to do this yeah, on a regular really, basis. When you talk about the energy that you see with him, when he uh, and uh, he also, uh, as you know, started off as a ringside photographer, and but through all these years of the stuff that he's done, to see that incredible amount of energy that he still brings to this is uh, is mind-boggling sometimes. Oh, it is because I got to be honest with you. I don't care. <laughs> I really could not muster up enough enthusiasm to do this on a regular basis again. But Paul is remember now about almost five years younger than me. And think about that. Look at me now, and look at him. Maybe you know, and and I'm five years older than he is. Maybe it's a good thing that I retired because I'm being preserved better. But being on the road is obviously the gravity is dragging him down. Yeah, but you haven't you <laughs> you have not retired. Uh, you're doing conventions. You're doing your uh, one man shows everywhere. So uh, you know, retired. You're out of sight. Well, not everywhere. Not everywhere. Just a few selected locations. But now retired from managing and from. From actively, I like to say about professional wrestling, if you see something that you didn't like, you can't blame me. I didn't have anything to do with it. I wasn't even there. But uh, I will be in Philly, your backyard, Willie, and I've, I've put the invitation out. You may have an international commitment then, but uh, you have to go all the way across the state line. But I'm going to be in Philly September 14th through 16th at the Keystone Comic Con, and I am doing the live Jim Cornette Experience stand-up meltdown show on Friday night the 14th, followed by the VIP Experience Extra Cheese with Jim Cornette, where you get a free picture, a free photo op, uh, VIP seating at the show, uh, extra uh, Q&A slash private hangout session, and a cheesesteak. 
because Andy Kaufman got the people milk and cookies, so I'm getting them cheesesteaks in That's Philly. Right. So. That's right. Uh, you can go, as a matter of fact, to KeystoneComicCon.com, or if you want to just take the shortcut to get the tickets to my event, tinyurl.com slash corny in Philly. It's going to be a gathering of the cult of corny. And that's the 30th anniversary, by the way, of uh, the week of us defeating, the Midnight Express defeating Tully and Arn the Four Horsemen right there in Philly down the street at the Civic Center for the NWA that's World right. Tag Team title. That's right. Oh. We're we're actually we're going to watch the match on on the big screen. The only video of that match, which was not ever taped for television, it's a bootleg, folks. And uh, we're going to talk about that and and a bunch of Philadelphia memories. My only northeastern appearance of 2018. Wait a minute. I get if, out about a half a dozen times a year now. I if pick if my it's spot. a bootleg, if it's a bootleg, and we're asking the you know people in Philly, you know, we're like, yo, come on, Cornette's going to show a bootleg video. This is great. Oh yeah, well, it, it, it bootleg videos started there, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Philly. It's uh, uh, we. I currently live in the burbs of Philly, and I just uh, it, it's a it's a great town. We're glad we're glad you're coming into there. Some of the uh, uh, people have uh, written in uh, when we mentioned we were going to do this, and one one of the fans wanted to know uh, whatever happened to Mama Cornette. Uh, Mama Cornette has been retired to the Hall of Fame of wrestling gimmicks that were never seen in public. Think about this now, Bill. Can you, in, in the 125-year history of professional wrestling, has there ever been a bigger name in wrestling that was never seen, never heard, never appeared on a show, never made a television <laughs> taping, and was never actually advertised to be in public anywhere? There were rumors that uh, Mama Cornette was really Miss Atlanta Lively. Is there any truth to that? That would no. I, I do. I have no recollection of that. <laughs> but I will say also. I think it was it was slander on the part of somebody in your office, like that that no good Matt Brock or Dan Shockett or somebody like that. That that my mother stuffed the ballot box the year that I won Manager of we the Year. And By the way, just, Dan Shockett was a real person. A lot of people think he and Eddie Elner. Were not real. Dan died from cancer at a very young age, and Eddie Elner, who took his place, uh, runs a, uh, a place called Yoga Soup in uh, California. You can find that uh, on on the internet, where you can find everything else. Is he sponsoring this show? I can't. I can't believe who uh, who would think that those were not real people. And of and of course, I had those many, many great. <laughs> bull sessions with Matt Brock over the typewriter and the and the vodka. You did. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yeah, but I get what people at most of the convention uh, fans always come over to me. Hey, Bill, how's Dan Shockett and Eddie Elner? Ha, ha, ha. And they were real. They must, they, those people must have thought that you were schizophrenic. You were like Sybil. You had 27 different <laughs> they personalities. Did. They did, right, after sitting at a typewriter. When I worked with so many great teams of people um, to put those magazines together, but I was the guy... Out in the field, I was the guy that everybody uh, everybody got to know at know out there. You were the guy out in the field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was the soldier for the company. Well, if it makes you feel any better with this podcast, I'm more than happy to take as much credit away from you. As, oh, thank as you, you're thank you, with. thank you. Um, no, but I got blamed. I, I got blamed for stories regularly that I never wrote. I go, a guy a wrestler would come over with a with a magazine. Who did you write this crap? <laughs> no, bullshit. And that was it. 
I never. You know that there. that story. The story is still circulating about Vince Senior getting hot about the story about Andre and Lawler, and and that match. I'm still answering questions about that match because I was there. That was in Louisville, the only time that that Lawler ever had a single match with Andre. Yeah, and I was on one side of the ring. Mike Shields, who took the pictures for that article, run was on the other side of the ring. He had come up from Nashville, and I actually he took a picture of Lawler in that headlock, uh, or Lawler with the headlock on Andre, and Andre standing up underneath him, so Lawler's feet were off the ground. And I'm in the bottom corner of the picture, shooting it from the other side. You can see me with my camera up. That's, That's the cool. first time I ever had my picture taken with Jerry Lawler. Wow. So speaking of Louisville. Um... I wanted to ask you how Kenny Bolin is doing these days. Uh, I'll tell you, his health is bad. You know, his yeah, health is, right. you, you know, his doctor. Right. You know, his doctor, Dr. Vinny Boombots. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll tell you. No, he, he went to his doctor last week. He said, doctor, what's the matter with me? Every morning I get up in the mirror. I get up, I look in the mirror, I throw up. The doctor said, I don't know, but your eyesight's perfect. <laughs> he said, but, but wait, you, you got to help me look. My teeth are all yellow. The doctor said, wear a brown tie. <laughs> I don't know about so, Kenny. You know, it, he's, he's been on the downhill slide ever since he told his son about the birds and the bees, and his son told him about his wife and the butcher. Oh, I heard uh, about that, too. Yeah, that was, it was terrible. No, we had heard that he was sick recently, so we were wondering if you, uh, you had... Mentally or... Uh, no, 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 that's <laughs> always been... Yeah, no, he, he's, he's once again, he's been sprung from the hospital. He, he was actually, he got get well cards from all of his nurses. <laughs> and uh, they, they, as a matter of fact, they were, they were very sincere in saying that he needed to be discharged immediately. They, they said that there was nothing the matter with him. Actually, they said they couldn't do anything more for him. I think that's the way they put it. All right. Wow. So one last oh. question now. <laughs> one last question here is uh, every time I hear Jim Cornette, on a podcast or a live show, there people are always saying Cornette hates everybody, and I said that's not true. Other than I think me, um, who else do you really like in this business? I know, like Bobby oh, I thought Eaton. you were going to ask me who you really hate. No, no, who you really <laughs> like? I like almost everybody. I'm I'm very easy to please. You know this, Bill. I do. I do. Uh, I'm I'm very easy to please. No, I I, I like. I like everybody that was either in the ring before 1990 or wrestles like it. And, and, and if, if it's these, these people, the, the, the younger generation that, that wrestled the blow-up dolls and the grade school kids, them, I'd like to have them boiled in oil and sell their fat for soap. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but everybody else, I've, I've, I'm, I'm full of love, Bill. I got love in the air. I should have been brother love, except I had a gimmick that actually drew money. Ooh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, now, I, a question um, off of that with with, you, with the new generation. Um, do you think that there's anything, I mean, you have a very specific way of how you feel wrestling should go, and I'm certainly not saying that that's wrong. Um, do you think there's any way that we can bring the business back to the way that it used to be in some respects? Uh, or do you think well, it's so no, far gone? No, not really. And and that's that's the thing. Why well, you know I roast these these guys over the coals because it's just it's taking a bad situation and making it worse. It's mm -hmm. like your house is on fire. Let's pour some gasoline on it. When in in the days when wrestling was more controlled by the mm -hmm. experienced and responsible promoters and bookers and matchmakers, guys wouldn't have been allowed to do stuff like that they do to whether setting themselves on fire. 
or, you know, using the same move 72 times in a match or having matches with blow-up dolls or having a match with a man and a woman unless you're Andy Kaufman. Um, those things wouldn't have been allowed because the, the veteran promoters and bookers understood that it might allow that one guy doing it to get over. Right. But it was more important for the business to be over than, and, and, and other people to be over instead of that one guy. Why should the business uh, be made to look foolish at, at just for this one person? So I think now that there's no control over these guys, people can set each other on fire. They can jump off the roof. They can do these ridiculous spots and stunts. And it, it doesn't really it, – it bothers me just because I don't think people like that should be allowed in our business after all the – the sweat and the blood and the tears and the effort that me and so many other people have gone to to get into it and do it right now that they'll just let anybody involved. Um, it, it, but it's still, it, it's not my future. I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. If, if these guys want to put themselves in an iron lung doing foolish stuff that they shouldn't be doing in front of very few people and often cases for very little money, um, that's fine because I'm still going to be here on my couch with my big screen. Yeah. So it's not my future. It's theirs. But if they would learn to connect with people emotionally and have some passion and some fire and some, some energy in, the, in, their, in their performance instead of just constantly doing silly things and the same thing that everybody else does and taking more and more chances, then they could get over as themselves rather than, you know, everybody knows that Mick Foley, was thrown off the Hell in a Cell by The Undertaker yeah, because right. Mick Foley was already a star on his own. But the guy that is goes viral and gets 2 million views on YouTube because he set himself on fire and did a diving headbutt off the roof, he's always going to be remembered as, hey, that stupid guy that set himself on fire and did the diving headbutt off the roof. Yeah, no Nobody's going to know his name. You, you saw my spot on Twitter? <laughs> Was that you? I couldn't yeah, the guy. Yeah. His head was on fire. I couldn't really tell. I knew he was bald. That, 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 that comb over, respect the comb over. It, it's because you mentioned Paul Heyman before, uh, gets me, of course, to the opinion that you'd still watch the current product. If Jim Cornette could pick somebody from Jim Cornette's prime days to pull out of there and want to manage, uh, would there be one guy in the current WWE man, uh, roster that you would say, I could have worked great with that guy. Well, I, I'll tell you this. I don't watch much, so I don't want to leave anybody out because I don't know the entire roster. Mm -hmm. But I've been a fan of one particular guy since I first saw him in Ring of Honor eight years ago. and He was Tyler Black then, but he's Seth Rollins now. Yeah, yeah. And wow. I think he just he's the whole package. He can work. He sounds good. He looks good. He's got the size. He's got the athletic ability. Uh, when I knew him, and hopefully nothing has changed, he was a good kid with no bad habits. And, uh, you know, there's there's still some of the old OVW crowd up there. They're starting to thin out as time goes on. But, guys, I, I love Dolph Ziggler's work. So, you know, right now, uh, if, if there was somebody, because I know that, that Rollins is in the title picture at least, probably not been pushed to, to the extent that he deserves, but... If there was somebody there right now that I could say that I would like to work with, he reminds me of a a modern day Rick Rude. He has that 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 aura about him. He carries himself like a star. Right, exactly, exactly. Because I look at the current WWE picture and I follow it, and uh, the guy that I would see you with would have been Braun Strowman. 
And, you know, I've, I've heard so much about him. I, the, believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, because I was talking to watch WrestleMania because I needed to report about it on my highly rated podcast, The yes. Jim Cornette Experience. Yes. And that's when they do the deal where, you know, he goes out and he gets the little kid out of the audience. And, I, you know, hey, I'm all in favor of, of the idea of children and the concept of children and pleasing children and making children happy. But did little Freddie get to come down and play in game five of the NBA finals? Yeah. Come on down to the court, Freddie. You know, it just no. so the one time I've seen the, the big monster Braun Strowman, was when he had a 12-year-old kid as his tag team partner. Oh, it kind of kind of powered it for yeah, me. Definitely not the uh, the best impression. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard about this man-eating monster that picked his teeth with normal humans, right? And here he here he comes with you know 12-year-old Nick kid. or whatever the kid's name was. Yeah. By the way, I want to I want to go back to something you just is made it, me think of something. The seventh here, last question. It, right, the seventh last question. Did Did you ever get to read my book? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I remember when your book was released. Actually, it escaped. It did. Uh, no. <laughs> no. The reason I'm no, asking. No, I you... remember. I told you after the fact. You you were kind enough to get me a copy of your book. Is wrestling fixed? I didn't even know it was broken. Um, and I said afterwards, I said, Bill, it's the only wrestling book I've ever read where 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 somebody didn't get really knocked real yeah, bad. You, you were very positive about it. Wait, everybody. that's my that's my imitation. Jim Cornette said, Bill Actor's got the only book. That doesn't bury anyone. What the hell's the matter with him? Some, some, some could argue you but just that, buried him with that imitation. But that uh, that story of Andre the Giant and Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon Sr. is in the book. Yeah, It's in the book. Yeah. And still to this day, I'm, I'm answering questions about that night. And, and by the way, just so I'm going to expose the business here, the official real result of that match, Jerry Lawler disqualified. When Phil Higgerson and Dennis Condry ran in and attacked Andre the Giant, and Rocky Soulman Johnson made the save for Andre to set up a Southern Heavyweight Championship match the following Tuesday night in Louisville between Johnson and Lawler. Revealed. Wow. Revealed. Finally um, revealed after all this after time. After all these years. Uh, well, again, if we can just run through real quickly where people can find you. Just mention the Jim Cornette Experience podcast. Hey, wait a book. minute. Why, why do you want people to be able to find me? What have I done to you? <laughs> Wait, Are you trying you know, to encourage some violence here? No, not at all. It, it all starts. It all starts, guys, with jimcornette.com. Because look no further if you want to go there because you can see my appearances. There's a link to the podcast. There's Cornette's collectibles, the huge ten dollar classic wrestling DVD sale, among many other things, including action figures and restraining orders. <laughs> I'm going to be in Philly at the Keystone Comic Con in September, uh, and we will be doing some other isolated events uh, for the rest of the year, but you, my schedule's at jimcornette.com. And listen to the Jim Cornette Experience on Thursdays and the drive through where I answer viewer mail every Monday at wherever you steal your, your Internet and your podcast from. Awesome. And, where, and are you still on Twitter? Uh, I am. As last I checked, but, you know, this is a, it's, a, it's an evolving, fluid situation. Sometimes I go too far and say some things about people, and Twitter tells me I can't do it again for a week or so. <laughs> but uh, at the Jim Cornette is the, is the place to go if, if you dare to find me on Twitter. Jimmy, thank you so very thank much. Thank you this very was, much. This was great. Hey, and hopefully I'll see you in, uh, in Philadelphia. Thank you, guys. And, yes, if, if, you can, uh, if you can change that international commitment where you're, 
you're going over. I understand, you know, did, did he tell you what he's doing? Did Bill tell you what he's doing that weekend that I'm in Philly? No, he's keeping he's going. He's going all the way to Holland yep. to do charity work. He's yep. going to start a halfway house for women that won't go all the way. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I think on that note, thank you very much. This has been, this has been really great. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, guys. I'll see you soon. Hey, don't get canceled, Bill. I want to come back and do this again. Jim Cornette, and by the way, there has been a very friendly yet volatile at times uh, relationship with Jim Cornette and another guy who I want to get on this podcast. Who's that? Kenny Bolin. Ah, yes. Well, they're like best friends who hate each other. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. But they've had their ups and downs. The star maker. But Kenny, uh, the star maker, has got so many great stories, and I know that he'd love to come on the podcast, so... uh, yeah, we'll have to make that happen. We'll have to go to the bowling alley. Hey, you know what? This is a great time to talk about our guests next week. So you're thinking to yourself, your guests next week? I thought it's part two of Sting. And the answer is, yes, it is part two of Sting. But we decided, you know what? The second part of that Sting interview isn't quite as long as the first part. And we thought, while it's incredibly interesting, um, it's for hot. instance, it's really yeah, hot. Uh, he talks about Seth Rollins, his feelings on Seth Rollins and the match that ended his career. He talks yeah. about uh, with The Undertaker, uh, you know, that dream match that never happened. Triple um, H. Triple H. Some really interesting stuff. Well, wait a minute. As that. you know, yeah. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, Undertaker was trying to suck Shawn Michaels into coming out of retirement. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sting? I don't know. I guess you'll have mm-hmm. to listen to what Sting has to say yeah, about that because, next Yeah, week he does reveal that. Two. But, Bill, would you like to tell us who else is going to be in the episode straight off of his match, his main event match at All In? A man named Rey Mysterio Jr. Yes, Rey Mysterio Jr., Rey Mysterio, or whatever you want to call him. Uh, Rey Mysterio will be our guest on the After Chat next week along with part two of the Sting interview. So that is a jam-packed Now, episode. if you have questions, we are going to be taping with Ray on September 11th. Yes, Tuesday, so if, September 11th. Right, so if you'd like to ask Ray Mysterio a question, where would they send that to? They would send that to our Twitter, uh, at The After Chat, or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The After Chat. And you can send us questions. Uh, we'll put something up there asking for uh, asking for your questions. And the yeah, best but we want you to be to involved. Comment on that. Yes, we want to hear all your questions. We want to be able to ask him uh, some of your fan questions. And uh, really looking forward to this. We had the opportunity to see him this past weekend at All In. And you know, he's one of, I love... Lucha Libre, yes, all the way back from the days of Mil Mascaras, yes, uh, and we're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to talk about what he's doing. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what's in his possible future. Yes, the rumors possibly about going the, to WWE. Who no knows? Maybe what. by the time by the time this interview happens, he may or he may be calling us from SmackDown. Who knows? Well, either that or he might be announcing that he's going to be uh, wrestling Cody for the NWA title that all into somewhere who knows who knows what's going to happen but one thing we do know is that ray mysterio will be our guest next week on the after chat along with part two of the sting interview hey bill what you were at all in i was there yes you were there at that after party oh yes the after party that was sponsored by blue chew and the whole Blue Chew 
crew is true for there. That almost rhymed completely. It was pretty good. That wasn't, that wasn't half bad. But you know what? Everybody there, I mean, after such a long weekend and such a long night at, at All In, you think to yourself, how am I going to stay up for this? Well, they knew exactly how to stay up. Bluechew.com. Oh, if only you could see Bill cringe every time I make I'm these innuendos. I'm not blushing. He's blushing. Really? Oh my. And I oh don't blush goodness. often. Bluechew.com. Bluechew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Bluechew was the star of the show at All In, at at uh, Starcast, I should say. They were, everyone was talking about Blue Chew, and those who weren't talking about it were taking it. They and, were probably up in their rooms using it. Exactly. So, yeah, there were there were certain times, you know, people were uh, going up to, I don't know, hey, you got some chew, got some chew on you, got a little blue, and uh, are you blue? Grab some chew, and you'll, uh, you'll be good to go. So BlueChew.com is something you can take anytime, day or night. You could have taken it first thing in the morning. You could have taken it during that party. And let's say you're at that that party and you met another wrestling fan. And you say, hey, were you at All In? And she says, uh, I was. And you go, hey, I'd like to be all, no? So anyway, you can go to BlueChew.com and use the promo code BILL, B-I-L-L, to get your first shipment free just pay $5 shipping and you can get your first shipment of Blue Chew free. You can take Blue Chew anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Another wonderful thing about having Blue Chew is that it's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so there's no in-person doctor's visit, there's no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, there's no more awkwardness. What'd you get in the mail today, my son? Aye. Remember our special offer. BlueChew.com, use the promo code BILL, B-I-L-L, to get your first shipment free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the After Chat. All right, so last week we kind of forgot. Was it last week? Yeah, it was last week. Doesn't it feel like it was like ages ago? Uh, we kind of, we, we were a little, uh, little busy, uh, a little excited for the weekend ahead of us. And we forgot to thank you, the after chatters who retweeted, uh, a tweet by us to help us to break a thousand yeah. followers on Twitter. Yeah. And we, we blew that out of the water. We're well over a thousand now, but we promised you that Bill after himself would, would thank you, uh, on the after chat. So By Bill, reading their handles. Take it away. Thank okay, you. Okay, so here we go. Uh, White Polar Bear Mount, View from the Top Rope, Nicholas Busman, JML LaRusso, What the Bosch, What I Was Thinking, Was I Thinking, Rob Gorman, Jason JC, Chris DeGuire, David, Seth Rainwater, oh, I like that name, Ryan is all in. Handsome Dan Lopez, hey, he's been with us for a long time. Mm-hmm. Heels and Quads Wrestling, Aaron Gulbranson, Mike Gillen, G-Man. Oh, G-Man, my, my man from uh, the United Kingdom. Barry Frost, Aaron Burho, the uh, threat. Sir Stinks-A-Lot, I mm. like that one. I like that. wonder if, no. Uh, James B. Fudge, TR, Rock and Wrestling Podcast, Instagram, 
at uh, AWWE historian Samuel Samuel J. Wilk, Robert Simon, Jeff Cross. Okay, Fabe, we know who you are. Get the Tables podcast, LC, uh, Jordan Stewart Snow, Mike, Bill Apter. He retweeted this? No. Oh, thank it's you amazing. so much, Bill Apter. Yeah, really. Thank you, Bill. Irish American. And want to thank all of you for retweeting and being official after chatter retweeters. Yeah, thank you all very, very much. So, Josh. Yeah. Since we didn't put out a call for ask apters. No, we we have a, a Starcast hangover. So yeah, we do. But you yeah. didn't put out a call for ask after questions. So I'm going to put you on the spot. You You're said welcome. you softball me. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to hardball you right now. Easy questions you always wanted to ask me. Two or three questions. Ooh. That is Dealing with pro wrestling. Okay. Could be from my book. It could be uh, um, from what you've known about me. Could let's, be my early career, my mid-career, my start. side career. Let's start talking Tic-tacs. a little bit. Oh, boy. Okay. Let's start maybe a little bit. Uh, He's pay- thumbing through my book. Yeah, we're looking. But without my have. book, is there something you've always wanted to know about my career? Well, there is one thing I always wanted to know. But we can't talk about it just yet. But I'm What's glad that? that you brought this up. I would love to know why you were banned from ringside from the WWE. Easy story. But what I happened? can't tell you yet because we have not reached the 55 star reviews that we want to, oh. to have. We are 30 55 away. 55 star, not 50 55. Right. Five star reviews. Right. Uh, we have 20, and we thank all of you for that. But listen, we see the numbers of how many of you, uh, and it is significantly larger than 20 that are listening to this podcast, which, by the way, thank you so much for that. That's awesome. And we, thank really, you appreciate, we really appreciate all of you. Um, but we would really appreciate if at least 30 of you could go uh, you know, throw us a, a five-star review. Yeah, uh, iTunes great. really likes it, uh, and we really like it when iTunes likes it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um trying to think of some of the questions that I might have for you. You know, I'm looking on the front cover of Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken. Available at all bookstores and Amazon.com. And, and Walmart.com. Oh, there you are. Yeah, I'm there. Uh, I made it. So you have some great photographs on, on this front cover. Uh, you and Ric Flair. You and Andy Kaufman. You and Triple H. And you and the main man, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going to start, and this is something I don't think you and I have ever talked about that. Um, w- tell me some. Tell me about the first time you met Vince McMahon, uh, senior pe- or junior. junior? Uh, which which he does not like to be referred to as junior. I know, but because it's, he's because he's technically not a junior. It's Vincent J McMahon and Vincent K McMahon. He's Vince Junior. But uh, first time that you met Vince, can you tell me a little bit about that? When it was. Um, Vince Sr. was the first McMahon that mm-hmm. I had met. Uh, his son started working in the office, and I saw him a lot of times at the Holland Hotel in New York on 42nd Street okay. off of 8th Avenue because that's where they had the office that they would go to the day of the guard, Madison Square Garden shows. Mm-hmm. Vince Sr., Arnold Scolan, Lou Albano, um, and Vince Jr., and several other people were in there, and I'd go up and get my press ticket from them. Mm-hmm. And it never said press on it. It was like uh, 
uh, press messenger or something. It's just to get me in the building. Um, and I remember usually when I knock at the door, Arnold Skolin would open the door and he'd have a stogie in his mouth and he'd say, oh, I'll be right back. I'll get you your tickets. The first time I met Vince, um, he was barely in the business there and he opened the door instead. I said, is Arnie here? And he says, no, I'm sorry, Arnie's not here right now. Uh, he's, he's busy. What I didn't know when those guys were busy, Monsoon was in there too, Gorilla Monsoon. They were all playing cards. Sure. Yeah, they didn't want to come to the door. They were playing cards. So he said, well, what can I help you with? And I said, I'm uh, Bill Apter from Inside Wrestling Magazine, and I need to get my ticket. Well, hold on. And waited five minutes, ten minutes, and then I knocked on the door again. Vince Jr. opened the door again. He said, I asked you to hold on. So okay. This is not in my book, by the way, because nobody ever asked me this thing. So he came back, held the door open, and Arnie came out blowing smoke in my face, as always. I love Donald Scullin. And he gave me my ticket. And that was the first time I met Vince Jr. Then wow. backstage, I didn't see him at any of the spot shows, mm -hmm. like at Sunnyside Garden and places like that. But backstage at the Garden, he was... Uh, he was running around a lot like Shane McMahon I would see in later years, kind of like, not like a messenger, but uh, uh, but people were telling me that Vince Jr. was going to get a job at uh, Top Rank, the boxing company, really? which he did. I'm going to give you something that you probably never knew. You remember the uh, Evil Knievel, the snake River Mountain yes. thing and that I actually he did, did so that was this, yes. that was so that was uh, Snake Canyon, mm -hmm. that was a pay per view. Yes, actually, it was a closed circuit. You couldn't get it on TV. You had to go to a theater and see it mm -hmm. on closed circuit. Vince Jr. was the promoter of that event, along with Bob yeah. Arum, the president of. Uh, so yeah, little by little, I didn't see a lot of Vince backstage mm -hmm. because he was doing his own thing, um, but. Little by little, I would see him, well, maybe he's going to announce a match. Maybe he was going to do that. So, yeah, but the Holland Hotel was the first time I ever met him when I went to get my ticket for a garden show. So uh, another question that I want to have for you, I'm, I'm just, you know, instead of going into your book, I think I'm just going to go straight off the, the front cover here. Sure. Um, I'm not going to ask the first time you met him. You can share it if you'd like to, but Triple H. Um, you have uh, a, a good relationship. You have a with great Triple H. relationship with him. Um, tell me, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Triple H. How did it form? Um, how often do you do you talk to him? Well, or? it was formed originally when I saw him in WCW. Well, no, actually, it was before that. Um, Killer, Killer Kowalski. Kowalski. Okay. Killer Kowalski called me and said, "I have somebody, uh, a really good wrestler that I'd like you to meet." And it was at some little town in uh, Boston, mm -hmm. and I met uh, Paul Levesque. Terrorizing. Well, was he was Paul. He was, he, he was no, no. I met him before he was even terrorizing. That was the name that Killer Kowalski gave him. Correct. Okay. But wow. at this point, so he really? was still Paul Levesque. He didn't even have the name yet. Didn't even have the name yet. Okay. I had seen pictures of this guy that my photographer in that area had sent me. Uh, the guy was all pumped up, had blonde hair. It was black and white photos. It could have been sure. white hair at that time. And Killer had told me that he was going to call him terrorizing. Uh, but he kept calling him Paul when mm -hmm. I was around there. And we talked, I don't know, five, ten minutes. That, And then he had uh, uh, the lady who became China, Joni Laura. Laura was also there. So that's when I first 
met them. Then when he came to WCW, mm-hmm. um, he recognized me right away. And keep in mind, this whole time he was a big fan of the magazines. He was he could he was a wrestling historian even sure. when we first met him. He loved pro wrestling. We talked um, when I saw him again in WCW. We talked about wrestling history. We but his big thing was how do I get in the magazines? I never knew I could do a Triple H impression until that was just pretty now. Good, not, actually, not, yeah. not bad. The current that's the current true. So I, I asked him to pose for me, we did that, and then he became that character in WCW uh, Jean Paul Levesque. Uh, and we I saw him on the road all the time. He was always very cordial. When he went to WWF, nutty, WWF back then, uh, along with China. Um, same thing. He pursued me to get in the magazines, and we'd always talk about wrestling. And then when uh, I was banned <clears throat> during which, that period of time, which about. I can't talk about right now, is he kept in touch with me anyway, and so did China. So through the years, things developed. We kept that friendship. And after the band, well, the band was still going, not the band, the band was still going. But I remember getting a call from him one day from the uh, WWE office uh, saying that, uh, well, this is, see, this leads into that part of being banned and then being unbanned. Okay, so well I can't you, answer you, the full thing. Okay, you can give us a teaser. But my current those, relationship, my, my current relationship with him is absolutely fantastic. Well, He's a, he is an old school guy mm-hmm. in a new school world and he really knows how to balance them both. So a lot of the times people will look at where he is um, in his career at this point and will say, well, he married Stephanie. Um, people who know him, yeah, that's true, but people who know him, I have heard from people who know him that they they feel that he would have been somewhere in this company uh, outside of the ring even had he never the, the answer is yes Stephanie. the answer that's is I, yes that's what I wanted to know where do being you think married, be? being married to Stephanie of course was a plus mm-hmm. because I think he got closer to uh, Vince's ear mm-hmm. to say what but I believe and correct me if I'm wrong but Vince I was kind of grooming him ahead of, before they were even well yeah but he didn't want anything. Vince didn't want his daughter to marry one right of the right boys, but of he had had Triple H in, in exactly in booking meetings and things yeah but like keep that. in mind Triple H was a rebel he right. didn't always like the curtain call when well, that look, happened. Well, he was a, he was connected there with with Shawn Michaels, so he kind of that whole click thing. With, you know, they they were there. Yeah, but were... I'm going to tell you about a rebel story that you don't even that no one here knows about. Please I do. was shooting a um, a, a mid south mid southern wrestling show in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett promotion. Mm-hmm. Triple H was on that show, mm-hmm. and he knew about the ban about taking pictures for me, with mm-hmm. me. Toward the end of the show, he got up on this huge stage and he pointed to me and he called me over with his little finger. He said, come uh-huh. over. He brought me up on stage and put me over, holding my arm, pointing I've seen to the, me. Yeah, I seen remember the when you showed me the picture. Then we went in the back and he said, are you taking pictures tonight? I said, I have the studio here. Let's pose. And I said, but I thought you're not allowed. Let's do it. So he broke the rules. He's always been a rebel. Vince McMahon, contrary to what you hear, a lot of times likes rebellious people. Mm-hmm. He really does because 
I guess uh, he has a respect for them. He does, because he, Vince McMahon was a rebel. I love this, by the way. I, we'll get Ask After questions, mm-hmm. but I think every week you should do this. Oh, man. I really do. More, I mean, uh, I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying this so much. I hope our listeners are. So the current relationship came to fruition when, and this is in my book, he called me to do a pilot show for what became the JBL Legends show, right. along with Dusty Rhodes. a picture on your Facebook yeah, well, there's a picture in the book with yeah. uh, Dusty Rhodes, Terry Taylor, um, and Larry Sabisco. Maybe we'll see if we can uh, put that on our Instagram, that picture. That'd be great. We yeah. could do that. It's in the book. Yep. Is wrestling fixed? I didn't know it was broken. Yeah. But yeah, great question, Josh. Thank you. Um, how about one more question? Okay. Uh, and I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to go time. from... One more time. One more time. One more time. One more man. Uh, do I want to go from here? Let me. You know what? I'm gonna flip through your book, and something's gonna jump out at me, and I'm gonna ask you about. Hopefully, it. it's not a cockroach. Oh boy, uh, a cockroach. He is. He is a cockroach. Does he use blue chew? Oh. Oh, here's that picture. Yeah. The pa- what page is that? Page one eighty five. Page one eighty five. Yes. Um. All right. I keep coming to you. Pictures. People can't can't see what we're no what we're doing but here. Maybe we can put this picture on our Instagram as well. No? You don't think so? No, get the book to see it. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Uh, By the way, you just said something about nine times today that I'm going to stop you. What What did I do? You know what people do? And I want people to carry to count how many times a day when you're in a conversation that someone says, there you go. Hey, that was a good meal. There you go. Hey, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going uh, on vacation today. There you go. Count your there you goes. Let me know how many you count in one day. So I think that happens to you, Bill, because people just don't know how to respond to you. There you go. Yeah. Uh, All right. I keep coming up with pictures uh, of Ric Flair. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a little bit about your relationship with Ric Flair. Yeah. Uh, Tell me about... uh, well, I'm going to tell you something. Key, yeah, uh, tell me a story. Story me. about him is he hates posing for pictures. You've told that story on. Okay, so before. what other story do you want? Uh, there's a picture in your book of the of the two of you uh, at the pool. You yeah, know? that was mm-hmm. taken in Puerto Rico. Okay, we were there for Carlos Colon's show, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted a picture with Rick at the pool. Took my shirt off, went down on one knee, and we Easy posed as a tag team. Ah. yeah, we 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 posed as a tag team. Always had a great relationship with him uh, through his days as a rookie to the world champion, Ric Flair, and mm-hmm. through today. Who do you think was the greatest world champion of all time? You're putting me in a spot because it differs. Yeah, but it differs from generation to generation. That's fair. Um, I could say Luthez. Mm-hmm. I could say Jack Briscoe. I could say Dory Funk Jr. I could say and imitate Harley Race. I could say Ric Flair. Um, I could say Bruno Sammartino. How about this? Greatest world champion in the 1980s. Well, it would be Ric Flair. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was the man at that point. Greatest world champion in the 1990s? Whew. My memory is like, uh, well, the 70s would be Bruno. Okay. Okay. Uh, 1990s, give me some. 
names Some here. of the people in the 1990s. Uh, yeah. It could be anyone from uh, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, the Macho Man, Ric Flair again. I'm just talking WWE. Yeah, but I'm, um, I was more... Of course, and, Big Van Vader. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm talking Ron more... Ron Simmons. No, it would be... It would be Probably someone in the Stone National Cold. Wrestling Alliance at that point. But even I'm talking about the entire '90s. So you would still say someone in the National Wrestling Alliance versus, say, Stone Cold or The Rock or. I'm putting you in the spot. No, no, I, I don't mind. I no, no, this yeah. is good. But you see, they, they were all, you know, really good champions. But were they the classic champions of someone like a Jack Briscoe or a Harley no, Race or a Bruno? Yes, yeah, so it was a different era. So I'd put, you know, Hogan. Because Hogan was the great draw mm-hmm. of back then. So you have to um, correlate the draw with the title back then because uh, that's what was most important. The character, Hulk Hogan, the world champion, Hulk Hogan, inspired more people back at that time. It changed pro wrestling forever. All right. I'm going to get a lot of people mad at me for saying that. Probably. Yeah. Not as many people who were mad about episode one. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Bill. They weren't mad at episode was, one. They weren't mad at episode one. They, they spoke they, out. They had now, wait opinions a minute. on You have your computer in front of you. I'd always. Yeah, so let's go to the National Wrestling Alliance champions of that year. National Wrestling Alliance champions of, of what Of the year? 90s you were talking about? Okay. Uh, let's do this. I mean, my, remember, I've been doing this 50, almost 51 years now. So when someone says, hey, the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, Sometimes it's hard for me to remember who was in those particular groups right. at well, that period of time. So give me some NWA go. champions got, from back uh, then. In the NWA in the 90s? Yeah. Well, we, we kicked off the 90s. Uh, Ric Flair was the champion. So I mentioned that. Go ahead. Uh, and if I'm reading this correctly. Um, you know who is a great champion who doesn't get the credit for being a great champion because it wasn't a long reign? Ricky the Dra- Ricky Steamboat. Okay. Absolutely fabulous champion. I, I want to say that was in the 80s, though. Yeah, yeah, but I'm yes. just talking about... That was in 1989, Yeah, yeah. Um, On the cusp. Yes, 1980. Uh, that was February 20th, 1989. Good for me. Uh, so, yes, Ric Flair... Uh, Dropped it to Sting, and Sting ushered in uh, the 90s as the champion uh, before losing it back in 91 to Ric Flair. So Ric Flair, had the 90s had to be Ric Flair. Tatsumi Fujinami. Great Dragon Fujinami was incredible. Uh, Again, Ric Flair. Masahiro Chono. Chono was fabulous too, but Ric Flair was the man. He was the champion. Uh, The Great Muda. Barry Windham. Again, Ric Flair. Now that brings us to 1993. Um, this was interesting. Shane Douglas, which a lot well, of Well, that was that whole, that was the whole situation where he dissed he that title. down and then it was yes. vacated. Um, and Medusa would do that and, later on, and at as that you know. T- yeah, and at that time, that's kind of when we, we entered into a different Different time. era. It was a different feel of the business. Chris Candido, Dan Severn. Yeah. Um, and then we started getting Dan Severn, into, by the way, one of my, uh, Best opponents for the Cow Championship Office yeah. Wrestling title, but let's wrap this. So I think we're going to say Ric Flair. Yeah, for the absolutely. 90s. Not we're uh, going to say it. I will say that. Yeah. I'm going to say it too. Definitely. Looking at this, looking at this list. Uh, but when right. I hear National Wrestling Alliance and World Heavyweight Champions, in my early days, Jack Briscoe and Dory Funk Jr. had the best matches I had seen. Yeah. And unfortunately, today, today's fans would sit there and go, boring. 
sport because there was no entrance music. Yeah, but you it, know what? It was wrestling. But I think that we have an opportunity now to see Cody Rhodes bring the NWA championship back to prominence. Very um, well done and a great way to wrap up this after chat. Yes, and again, we, we encourage you to go back if you haven't listened to our bonus All In and StarCast uh, uh, recap episode. Uh, check that out in our archives. Uh, please give us those five-star reviews if you think that we've earned it. Um, we're, and you're going to get an answer to Bill's question of why he was banned if we can get to 50 of those. And don't forget, next week, part two of Sting, where he talks about Seth Rollins, yes. The Undertaker, and... and Rey Mysterio is going to be a guest. Absolutely. That is right from the main event of All In. You're going to have Rey Mysterio. And before we go, Bill. I want to mention that I need everyone, all the after chatters, especially the ones in the United Kingdom, to go to at Kayfabe Events because Wonderful Willie will be part of the Excuse Me! Vicky Guerrero. That sounded like Jerry Lewis, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really did. It did. Yeah, yeah Vicky Guerrero tour for Kayfabe events. Great things going on with Kayfabe events. Uh, I will be there, and uh, I will have books for sale, and I will be doing my one-man show based upon my book. And my one-man show, uh, there's contests with prizes. There is songery. There are special guests, and wait till you see what I do with Vicky Guerrero. And hey, speaking of songery, you guys need to go to, and you girls, need to go to our YouTube page. We have a video up there of the one and only Bill Apter performing a Barry Manilow song at the karaoke event at StarCast. He stole the show. Uh, It was fantastic. It's up there. It has gotten rave reviews. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, no, it, it was really entertaining. Pat Patterson asked me to come up and do that. Yes. And there are a lot of people who didn't know that I've been an entertainer, singer type of entertainer my whole life. Yeah. So, yeah, please check that out. And please come to see me live at Kayfabe Events uh, to see my one-man show. Again, go to Twitter at Kayfabe Events. All right, Bill, and where can everybody find you on social media? Well, of course, at After One Wrestling. And everybody can find me at So Says Chernoff. Follow us on Twitter at The After Chat. Visit us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash The After Chat. Yes, yes. Instagram uh, handle is The After Chat. Uh, our YouTube, hey guys, it's not youtube.com slash The After Chat just yet. We're up to, I want to say, 66 subscribers. We need to hit 100 to be able to get that. Uh, we have not really promoted this very much, so the 66, we really appreciate. But there are a lot more people watching our videos than 66. So if you're watching a video, just hit that yeah, little hit button. Yeah, hit that red subscribe yeah, button. Yeah, and then the videos will keep popping up. Videos of Bill singing, videos of Scott Steiner saying things that probably should have been bleeped out. And don't forget, you can also follow me on One Wrestling Video, where archives of my great interviews from the past are right there yes so thank you again for joining us this week in the after chat next week we got sting we got ray mysterio and any big names <laughs> i think uh we are out of time folks uh have a wonderful week we're gonna try and get some sleep after after uh this past weekend and uh we'll see you next week bill no no we'll see you 
at the matches. I love it.